Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, this is L.A. Welcome back. Let's think about Bible study. Study, just a word, study, usually just sends people into a fit of eye-rolling because, uh, I mean, you're reading and studying stuff every day. If you're doing that at work, new ways of doing everything. If you're in the restaurant, you know, the food industry, new ways of serving and cooking and preparing and cleaning and all of that. If you're in engineering or a higher level thing, it's a higher level position, uh, you know, programming or what have you, always new languages, new uh, ways of entering information. So study, everybody studies. The thing is, is when we say Bible study, people just lose it. And part of the reason they do that is because we have made it so completely hard in some ways. It There's a ton of books out there on how to study the Bible, how to study the Bible. And usually, and I've seen, seen these, pulled them off the shelf and had a look, a lot of them have a shotgun approach. And, and by that I mean they just, boom, hit you with everything all at once. It's like a cannon. A cannon with a little whole bunch of little grape shot in it. But boom! And you, and you just get all this stuff all at once. And really, you're looking through all this information, and it's great information, okay? It's great information. But the thing is, is a starting place. That's where people want to grip it. You know, they've got an elephant. Okay, where do you grab this elephant? You know, and uh, unfortunately, we, being ministers, don't always make it really easy uh, to find a starting place. Part of the reason ministers do that is because they don't want to. They don't want to start dictating God to you. I mean, understandably so, because the Holy Spirit's in every believer, and the Holy Spirit guides you into things. But you know something? Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit also uses what you have in you. It uses the Word of God you've got on board. And, again, it's not about accumulating a mass amount of information. There are seminary professors that don't believe in God. Don't believe the Bible is the Word of God. Believe you're an absolute idiot if you believe that the Bible is even remotely the Word of God. Uh, I'm not going to get any specific seminaries, throw any of the names out, but they, I mean, totally serious. And, you know, some of these people are teaching, uh, you know, systematic theology, some of them are teaching um, Greek, sometimes Hebrew, but, but here's here's the crux of it. When 
we turn our lives over to Jesus, when we turn ourselves over to the living God through his Son, then the Spirit is working with you from that moment on forever. And the Spirit will lead you to a higher knowledge, higher understanding of the Word. But again, where do you start? Well, okay, so let's... I'm going to throw a couple of terms at you, and I don't want to confuse you. And it's not that people don't understand this stuff. It's just that sometimes it gets really deep in the weeds, and that's not really what I'm trying to do. So there's two different kinds of, of reasoning that we use when you're figuring stuff out and you're studying things. There's deductive reasoning, and there's the one you don't hear very often, and that's inductive reasoning. Now, there is, of course, deductive reasoning. Everyone immediately thinks, oh, yes, Sherlock Holmes, and you add up, you say, okay, I got this general idea, and then you get a lot of facts, and you add these facts up, and the facts say, okay, my, the idea that I had to begin with is true or not. The inductive way of looking at stuff is the reverse of that. With inductive, you get your facts first, and you add these facts together. Then they lead you to a conclusion. And it, it is a probability kind of thing. Now, what does that mean? Let's look at it from this way. When, and, and I'm going to apply this to Bible study. Okay, so when you're looking at the Bible, or even a, a book of the Bible, let's say the book of Matthew, normally, in, if you're using deductive thoughts, you're, you're thinking, you might be thinking, well, you know, Matthew wrote it. Well, how do we know Matthew wrote it? Well, his name is on it, and this this researcher said it was him. He said it was him in the text, and all of that. Okay? And so we add these, you know, we, we think, okay, it's Matthew. And then we add these things up, and then we say, okay, because of all these facts, yeah, it's Matthew. That's deductive. You start with a general idea. Now, you could also say, and this is a different kind of idea, that, hey, Matthew was Hebrew. Why was he Hebrew? Well, because he was, you know, and then you get into the facts. You know, he was a tax collector and things of that nature. Now, inductive is this. You don't start with a conclusion. What you do is you get into the book and you add up some of the information you know about the book. Who was it written to? Who said they wrote it? What kind of things were they saying? How do we, you know, and, and you go into the facts first and then you pull these, this 
group of information, and then you say, you know, based on everything that I've looked at, yeah, I think I think it, it, it probably was Matthew. Now, why does this even matter? Why does this even matter? It matters from this perspective. When you study the Bible, it's super important to let the Bible teach you. And if you come to the Word of God with preconceived notions that were put in your head by might be well-intended people, might be very educated, smart, well-intended people, but they tell you, well, this is what that book is. Immediately, what you're doing is you're primed to start thinking about, I need to prove that right. And so you look into the book and you say, oh yeah, I see what they're talking about. And then you look for facts that back up your primary thought. Um, for example, you know, what if, and I'm uh, this isn't true, okay, so, I'm, so don't run with this. I'm just saying, just for example, what if somebody said, well, you know, the, the writer of the book of Matthew really wasn't Matthew. In fact, uh, you know, 40 years ago they found out it was a guy named, named Cyclonides over in, in Greek, in Greece, and, uh, and he's the guy that wrote it. And here's all the information. Then you can literally go right off into La La Land with that stuff. And that's why, in many ways, I really like the inductive method of looking at the Word. Okay, so what does that mean? I mean, it's very, 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 you know, kind of, kind of, kind of tricky. But here's the thing. Here, here's what I'm saying. When you look at the book, all right, and you learn about the book itself, you study when it was written, when, you know, who wrote it, who was it written to, when was it written? Where was it written? How long is it? What's it divided? What's the division of it look like? How is Jesus, and since, since it is said to be a gospel, okay, how is Jesus presented in that book? And what happens is, is you start anchoring your thought processes, your thoughts about the book based on facts of the book itself. Then, when you make conclusions about the book, your conclusions are also anchored in facts, but you're looking at the information first. You know, was it a Jewish book? Was it a Jewish writer? Yes, yes. Well, okay, if it was a Jewish writer, what, what are some of the things that Jewish writers usually do? Who do they usually write to? 
You know, Matthew was a tax collector. What did that mean? I wonder how that affected, you know, how he wrote stuff. He must have been kind of smart because he was a tax collector. He had to know a lot of, you know, know a lot of advanced math <laughs> to do that stuff. Now, that sounds like you're getting into the weeds, but but here's what here's what happens though. Is it anchors? It anchors the word from Matthew. And first of all, it lets Matthew speak to you from where he's at and who he is. Because all of a sudden you know who he is. You're not trying to guess. You let him tell you who he is and what God's done through him, right? In education, there's a term called scaffolding. In scaffolding, what that is, is you build a structure of information around a piece of information that you want to remember. And you do that by by making pertinent pieces of information, right? Information that's good information around it, then you memorize the piece. Why is that? Then you examine the piece. Why is that? Because when you do that, your brain has a pattern to pull from. Your brain has a pattern to pull from. You don't play what Americans call soccer, but in Europe it's football. You don't play that just running out on the field without any, uh, you know, without any knowledge of the game and start kicking the ball around. You don't do that. You learn the rules of the game and what position you're supposed to play. And then you go play the game. Because if you do it the other way around, you know, you might get thrown out of the game and then you say, well, you know something? Uh, okay, that's a little fact. Uh, I ran out there, I kicked the ball, nobody asked me to, uh, I got really upset and I got thrown out of the game. That means I did something wrong. And that's deductive reasoning. And believe me, deductive reasoning is super awesome good. That's what we use in science, right? But in certain things... Inductive really, really is better in certain applications. I happen to believe in biblical studies, inductive reasoning is. There's a professor named Dr. Dr. David Bauer, I believe Ashbury Seminary in Kentucky, possibly. Anyway, he's a very strong proponent of that. I've been listening to some of his online information on the inductive method, and I like it. I like it. It makes sense. Because it helps me remember what I've read. Because it puts everything in a framework. So, here's the starting place. Here's what I'm saying. If you don't have a starting place, then there are all kinds of books in the Bible you can start with. But people usually recommend the book of John. In the New Testament, if you're just starting out, that's awesome. Book of John's awesome. He's kind of on his own. Not he's not one of the Synoptic Gospels, but but that doesn't matter. He's good. He's awesome. I like. Him. In fact, he's John's 
one of my favorite writers. The thing is, um, if you're going to start with the Old Testament, then, hey, 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 Book of Genesis, that's the beginning, but if you, uh, if you'd rather not, then start with the historical books. Start with Joshua. It's some pretty exciting stuff. But again, learn about the book. Pull out some information from your study Bible and look at the intro. There's a reason they put introductions in study Bibles. So that, believe it or not, it really helps the inductive way of looking at the Bible and biblical uh, studies if you read that stuff first. See if that doesn't help. Because I'm willing to wager that it probably will. There's an inductive word. Probably. It probably will. So, that sounds really complicated in some ways, but, but here's the thing. Whether you do whatever... If you have a plan and you're using it right now to study the Word of God, then run with it. If you don't have a plan, you don't have a starting place, give this a shot. But either way, I would encourage you to, to learn about the books and let the Word speak to you from where it's at. And yeah, some of that stuff is 3,000, 4,000 years old. But you know something? It could still speak to you today. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that wrote it. And there's not an age tag on the Spirit of God. He's old as time itself and beyond. In fact, he lives outside of time. But anyway. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage him to Thank you for keep listening on, keep to this on. edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.